Now, the National Command Council is facing a legal challenge. This over the role of the country's uh, COVID-19 steering council. And a group of attorneys are arguing that the NCC has effectively displaced uh, constitutional and statutory bodies and is overreaching in establishing restrictions for the country. Now, they say that clarity is needed around the legality and the powers of the National Command Council. For more on this, we join on the line by one of the attorneys challenging uh, the role of the NCC, Advocate Erin Richards. Thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Yes, good afternoon. Thank you for the invitation. So, Advocate Richards, starting with the question around uh, the establishment of the NCC, what is it that you are perhaps wanting to have clarified here? Well, we have given the presidency up until this afternoon to respond to our letter. And in essence, what we are asking for is details about exactly what this body is, how it was established, um, and its legal and constitutional powers. Because as far as we can ascertain, there is no basis for the existence of that body, let alone um, a basis for it to be exercising the powers that it is exercising. So uh, within uh, the ambit of uh, the Disaster Management Act of 2002, does that not provide for a statutory body such as this to be established? No, not as not on our reading of the of the act, and not on a constitutional reading of the of the act. The relevant sections of the Disaster Management Act are obviously sections twenty six and twenty seven, and the starting point is that the act says that the coordination and management of a national disaster is the responsibility of the entire national executive. Now, the entire national executive is the president and twenty eight ministers, so that's twenty nine people. The command council, however, comprises of 19 ministers. So it seems as though some ministers have more weight and more say and more influence in decisions, both policy and regulatory decisions, and that does not appear to be envisaged by the Act itself. So just one a point of clarity even further here. So, so, so how would you then suggest this would have or should have played out if it worked the way in which you're explaining it? Well, it would. So what would happen is you would have big policy decisions. So let's take, for example, the decision to lock down the country, you know, or the decision to extend the lockdown. Now, those are decisions that the president has told us that the Coronavirus Command Council has taken. If things were being done properly on our interpretation of the of the act, those decisions would have been taken by the full cabinet. And then Minister Dlamini Zuma, in consultation with the, rele- with the relevant ministers, would have promulgated the, the relevant regulations. So the problem is, is that you have these massive decisions that are being taken by, it seems, roughly half of, of the cabinet. So if things were being done properly on our interpretation, these kinds of decisions would have been taken by the cabinet in its entirety. So when did you start to have concerns about the establishment of the National Command Council? Um, look, that, that concern for me personally arose, I think, this, as soon as I heard the, the phrase National Command Council. I just went and had a look in the Act to see if it was a body that was provided for in the Act, and I couldn't find a basis for it. Um, and then 
And then what, what, what I started to do was I started to look for information on the command council. So I, I looked for information on who was on the command council, and I faced immense difficulty even ascertaining that information. Um, and that's an extraordinary position because as a lawyer, normally if you want information about the establishment of a body, you hop onto a government website and you can access the information. So I found it very extraordinary that we were being told that there was this body that had all this power, but I couldn't find information about the body um, or the or the extent of its powers, and I think that's when when my personal concerns arose. So that was about a week a week into into the state of disaster. And good, Richards, are you suggesting that there may be something untoward afoot here? No, I don't. I, I think that that is taking it possibly a, a step too far. I mean, obviously, we can't comment definitively until we have more information. But I think it is important for the public to realize that, you know, we are in a state of disaster and the government has had to move very expeditiously. And state machinery is not set up to work efficiently. So it is very possible, if, if we are correct on, on our interpretation, it is very possible that there has been some kind of constitutional oversight. And if that is the case, well, you know, then, then what matters is not so much the, the, the mistake that was made, but how it's handled going forward and how it's corrected. And looking at how all of this is playing out at the moment, and uh, we see that legal action is being threatened against the Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs Minister Nkosa Zanat Lamini Zuma, who of course has taken a lead role in the National Command Council. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is said uh, that unless she reverses the decision to uh, allow the sale of cigarettes and other tobacco products, um, uh, unless that decision to uh, uh, that the president initially made and that was subsequently rescinded by Minister Nkosa Zanad Zuma. Unless she reverses that decision, then um, legal action will be brought against her. Are you okay with that particular situation? Uh, well, only to the extent that I've read about it in the media. What do you make of that? Uh, you know, do you have any sort of reservation from a legal perspective uh, about the government's U-turn on this particular matter regarding the sale of uh, cigarettes and tobacco-related products? I think I would confine my concerns to the following, is that there seems to be, if you look at all of these challenges that are being brought or threatened, and, and there really are a vast number of them, there's a golden thread to me that seems to run through it. And that golden thread is a lack of transparency from government and and a lack of clear communication. Government is not telling us how the country is being governed. They are not telling us who is taking the decisions. And when they do tell us who takes the decisions, then they change their minds, you know, a day later and then tell us that someone else took the decision. So, so the problem with that is that we as a country are sitting in a position where citizens are finding it very difficult to enforce their rights because they don't know who is taking decisions and on what basis these decisions are being taken. So, so I, I, I would say that I don't have a particular comment on, on that case, but rather the, the golden thread that seems to run through all of these challenges, which I do find deeply concerning. So moving ahead, um, what motions are you putting forward, uh, especially given that, you know, we have as a nation almost settled into this routine whereby uh, we've accepted that this is what government has done and this is how things are being rolled out. Uh, what to from here? 
Well, a lot of it is going to depend on the response that we get from the presidency later this afternoon. Um, and that, that will be interesting indeed. We were told last week already that the letter was at the, on, on the president's desk and had come to the president's attention. So we do expect a response um, and, and uh, we will evaluate our options going forward. There's also a, a slight shift in the landscape. Ever since we wrote that letter in our personal capacities, there's been an increased mobilization within the legal profession, with a lot of professionals um, echoing similar concerns and uh, also echoing a commitment to act in their personal capacities if necessary. So depending on the, on the response, we will reevaluate our position, um, and that will include discussions on whether Nazir and I will move forward in our personal capacities alone or whether we will move forward um, as part of a broader professional body. Oh, thanks so much for explaining that to us. And that was uh, Advocate Erin Richards, who was one of the attorneys challenging the legality and the powers of uh, the National Command Centre.